Hello, and welcome to Crow Jam, the podcast where two sisters try to develop and pitch a board game concept in under an hour. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. We're Big Crow Games, and you can find us at Big Crow Games on Twitter, or see some of our creations on our itch page at big-crow.itch.io. Hello, Georgia. Hey, Mary. Uh, How's it going? It's going good. We're in May. Spring has sprung. Yeah, it's, uh, it's springing all over the show. The weather's been very good for the last couple of days. It's been beautiful. I think the wells run dry at my allotment already, which is um, worrying for the summer. Uh, Maybe how... it's just a technical problem with a well. I don't really know how wells work. It could be, yeah. Um, how is the sunshine and stuff up there? Yeah, the sunshine is pretty good. It's definitely, like, improving my life. Love a mm. bit of... I mean, I'm not normally the biggest fan of spring because I have seasonal allergies. Um, um, but... I hear they're quite bad, at least in my neck of the woods this year. Yes, I'm hearing a lot that they're really bad in your neck of the woods, although that I will say that I was down in your neck of the woods not that long ago and I did not notice. And actually, this spring, my allergies have been really not that bad. So, you know, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to wonder why. I'm just going to say thank you, universe, and move along. Enjoy breathing. <laughs> I keep seeing, you know, like beautiful blossom trees and instead of being filled with rage and resentment, I... They're just making me really happy. Oh, man. I was cycling home yesterday, and the, there was lots and lots of tiny, tiny blossom petals that, like, were caught on the wind in certain sections of Mary, my route. Were you riding home in an anime? <laughs> I was, but the, the petals were so tiny, but it was awful. I had to keep, like, ducking my head so far down so they wouldn't just, like, blow in my eyes and nose, these, like, tiny, tiny, like, I don't know, maybe they will... Um, you know, like pollen or something. There was these, yeah. Sounds bad. Uh, yeah. But very but, beautiful. And I was yeah. riding home in an anime, you're right. <laughs> you see an anime where somebody is like roller skating home and all the like blossom petals are blowing past and then one like gets inhaled and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is your theme or... To, or word that you've chosen to sort of prompt our game jam today? Uh, I have chosen possible. Ah, you, yes, I can see your your thought process here. Yeah, I'm predictable. It's all that, you know, it's, it's May and we're talking about things that may or may not happen. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Um, so did you have any sort of particular ideas off the back of that prompt? Um, I haven't even taken any notes for this one. I think that the, basically the, the thing that's been on my mind is we haven't made a dice game before. So mm -hmm. making something that uses random chance, um, maybe like a roll and write would be nice. And I was wondering whether, I mean, this has been done to some extent before, but um, the other side of like the possible is um, whether we could try to make something that incorporates some element of like RPG-ness because um, you know we love storytelling in that kind of game um, so yeah what about you did you have any thoughts my thoughts were so stupid 
I was like, possible sounds like possum. Let's make a game about possums. Oh, possumble. Named uh, already. Mission impossible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I obviously I thought about chance, but I also just thought about, um, you know, the idea of like, anything could happen, you know, and anything is possible kind of angle. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe, I mean, I guess I've pitched a lot of kind of more chaotic games recently uh but i think you know that could tie into like a role-playing or storytelling kind of thing perhaps like the idea of there being a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. um maybe even something with like a branching story element to it or something yeah um, i was thinking that was what was sort of entering my head as you were saying that like that's um you know the kind of trousers of time yeah um, yeah so maybe uh, uh, like a storytelling or role-playing game where uh, like any time there's a decision, or what if every time there's a dice roll or a coin flip or something, the story splits into two stories, one where it succeeded and one where it failed? Yeah, I was imagining something maybe like that, like you could... I don't know how this would work, but it it could be the case that like, um, you know, you you do something where you where you roll two dice and you choose um, a die to like continue your 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 like push your luck run or continue your your turn or whatever. But you might reach a point where you've stopped gaining. Um, you know, like you've stopped building and you could decide to like dip into your other timeline instead, but you you lose the progress on this one or something. Um, mm. Although yeah. that sounds hard and complicated. It sounds hard and complicated, but maybe there's like a kernel of something there that's not a role-playing game per se, but it's like a dice game where you roll two dice every time and play two games simultaneously kind of like um i've never played it but have you ever seen it's like multi-dimensional chess with time travel honestly yeah yeah my dm is a little bit into it because he's an insane polymath um yeah the worst kind of poly (laughs) (laughs) math someone and they're like i'm polly and you're like go on (laughs) and then they say math (laughs) and they say it in russian (laughs) Uh, um okay tell me about this possum idea do you remember the kids book possum magic i do but that was about australian possums where i was thinking about um like the american possum which i guess is the opossum yeah uh uh and obviously, like, the very concept of this podcast is inspired by the Brian David Gilbert podcast, Let's Make a I Music, was just going to mention where, Song of Green Bastion. Where they made uh, a whole song that was based on Redwall, but what if it was all possums? That, I was so obsessed with that song when I listened to that episode. It's so good. Yeah, I, I revisit the episode often. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the show. Uh, it's... So it's gone on indefinite hiatus, but anyone who's listening to this would almost certainly enjoy it. So check it out. You can listen to all of it. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was sort of just doing like puns in my head, very like mission unpossible, unpos- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, I had kind of a visual of like maybe a chain of possums hanging by their tail trying to steal something, but we just did a heist game. Yeah, this is true. Um, Actually, one of the new uh, releases in our um, uh, in our cafe is like some kind of raccoon game, raccoon crimes game, where like all I've seen is the like box art, but yeah, it's like a raccoon hanging from something and trying to nick a bit of something from a rubbish heap um, in a very crimes way. So. I, you know, I might, like, I feel like we can kind of hold on to possums for, like, theming, like... Okay, yeah. Maybe. But... Hmm. Well, I'm we've kind of interested in this idea of a game that y- you you play, like, in a branching way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how it would work. Yeah. Um, is is it just like like if you're playing two versions of a dice game at the same time, could you make it so that like it it's not always say in Snakes and Ladders, which is obviously a game that we've talked about on this podcast in the context of it being basically the worst example of a game that <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, but like it's not always the best in Snakes and Ladders to roll the highest number. Like you you often want a specific roll. Yeah. So if you were playing Snakes and Ladders on two different boards, uh, you could introduce an element of choice rather than it being pure random chance by rolling two dice and then deciding which roll you used on which board. Okay, yeah. So it kind of adds like <laughs> an element of strategy or skill. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to just being pure randomness. <laughs> So, you know, something like that, where it's a kind of dice game where, you know, the you want specific roles rather than always wanting the highest role. But yeah. You, you play it sort of two at the same time and try and optimise both or something. I think we might need to hit the timer, you know. Like, I don't yeah. know if we've got yeah. that far, but I still feel like we're cheating a little bit. Yeah, we're chatting too much. Okay, give me a second to open up my clock app. Uh, there we go. And timer. Okay. Uh, we've got we've got a thing running. Okay, great. So, so. Yeah, I mean, do you do you have any thoughts? Um, I like this idea. I guess. Uh, if I'm. Hmm. So what I was imagining, and and I really I'm really only imagining this in a sort of weird diagrammatic way in my brain is like that each you you roll two dice every time you do something or you do something akin to that and you choose one, um, and you you're like continuing on one like path of the the like flowchart of of time as it were. But you can go back to a point that you chose in the past 
No, man, that would get so complicated so different so di- so quickly because tree diagrams like you know, they get real big. <laughs> yeah, but man, there's something about this that kind of excites me. Like it's almost a time travel game. Yeah. Uh which would be very fun to do with a possum theming, I'm just saying. Um where hmm? like you it's almost like you have one ge- you're just playing your game, but every choice you don't take is recorded. So like a roll and write would work for this, right? Like you roll yeah. and write and do your thing and then you also write down the choice not made. And I then just maybe... think it would have to be relatively short because otherwise the branching hmm no i suppose you are just on one line and ah (laughs) i'm not sure yeah i'm not exactly sure because i agree like it has the potential to get insanely complicated but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean we have to rule it out it's not like it's our job to make the game in the hour it's our job to like have the idea and sort of maybe do a bit of proof of concept or sort of think about how it could work even if we don't really get there. We've had some episodes where the idea is still quite half-baked at the end, but we knew we know it's got some legs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm running off down a blind alley with this, but something about it feels kind of exciting. Like, the idea that you could maybe get to, like, a fail state in your in your primary game and choose to switch to the other stream kind of thing. Like, okay. there'd only be two things running in parallel. Yeah. I'm... Okay, that's made me imagine something. Okay, tell me about it. So I started doodling on my sheet... In a way, I feel like this is sort of, this is sort of potentially kind of like a taking the fun out of an idea that already exists. Like there are, there are games that have um, like a kind of choose your own adventure element. Yeah. There's, I was there's, thinking of a choose your own adventure thing. There's Carta Ventura, which is a really neat little system of like following a choose your own adventure kind of story, but it uses a deck of cards. Um, oh, I think and, I've heard of this. And you have um, like a certain number of lives, and you can die. Um, but if you lose the game, when you lose the game three times or whatever, then then you you're sort of stuck. There's not a way to rewind. Mm. So I'm imagining a like a, a dice game or a, or a chance game that could follow that um, kind of format, but where like if you so almost like a kind of legacy time travel game but where you know if you if you reach a fail state you can say okay that's enough for this session and you can close it off but you can like revisit your sheet start a new sheet and start from a point that you got to on your previous like story okay i was thinking something kind of similar but just like yeah that you're you're playing two at once but when you die you switch when you die to you, you switch to another one but then you're still playing two at once but then the next one's kind of new okay. so you always have a backup life or you have a certain number of backup lives okay 
so something. When you say that you're playing two at once, though, does that mean you're always rolling two dice and the die that you don't choose always goes into the other game? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I guess that that would mean that we would need to set up the the like the the relevance of the dice such that that doesn't mean that the second timeline is always more screwed than the one you're on. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So maybe it is just two. Right, how to... I feel like there's something really fun here, but I don't have exactly what it is. But it's like almost two choose-your-own-adventure books but where one of them is blind. So, blind how? Like, you, you're not reading it, I guess is what I'd say. Okay. So, so I wonder whether... you have a choose-your-own-adventure book that's your the one you're playing, and then you have a second choose-your-own-adventure book, and on each page there's, like, six choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not quite it because obviously that would be an absolute feat to make it work. But like, yeah. I wonder whether. I mean, I feel like we might. God, this is so abstract. We might want to um, avoid like having a kind of closed choose your own adventure format and make it more like open and that a number just means a thing happens in your story and perhaps it's a bit open-ended yeah the other idea that i just had which might be even worse is that it's too no this this is even worse i was going to say two decks of shuffled not shuffled cards two decks of ordered cards and then you roll the dice and like discard that many off the deck because now that doesn't work because then it's not a choice then it's just completely arbitrary like you don't know what's gonna happen next so yeah man we're really in the weeds aren't we do we need to go back to first principles do we need to rethink i wonder if we maybe just need to come up with a scenario or a story that's gonna help us like get our heads around what we're doing like what if it's like you and your possum twin are stuck in separate universes <laughs> and like every action you take has a sort of counterpart action in the other universe that's kind of like the hook idea that mm-hmm. i had so like maybe you're trying to succeed in both or something i don't know okay yeah um... I, I i don't know maybe i have just fully run off down down the rabbit hole here the possum hole <laughs> i've gone down um, the possum hole and there's no coming back I, I live here now what's um oh god how do we how do we recollect our thoughts here what will a die roll mean <sighs> yeah i don't i don't know uh because what's okay Let's it let's imagine a roll and write like a simple one. Okay. And then so, imagine maybe how we could like sort of you know um parallel universe duplicate it. So 
in a simple roll and write, you might uh, roll a dice and then collect that many of a certain type of resource and write that on your sheet. Or you might cross off when you get a particular roll and that works towards a sort of achievement, like in that roll and write pinball game. Mm-hmm. So those are like some simple things that happen in a roll and write. Yeah. Perhaps a roll and write sheet that's an adventure could have, like you say, like some resources or perhaps some strats, not strats, stats that like, okay, if you roll a certain number, then you get to increase your strength and maybe like down the side of the sheet, there's a sort of story track that like you can move a certain amount on if you, if you use a number and but like you can see when things are going to happen so you know that there's like an enemy that has a certain strength and you don't want to face it until you've reached a threshold of your own strength or something okay yeah i can dig it i was sort of imagining like a roll and write sheet that's got kind of a a map of sorts on it with like particular goals that you would have to roll certain things to do, but then, yeah, maybe you could also build up your stats or add people to your party or something. You know, it's got, like, a st- you know, to think of, like, a stereotypical fantasy adventure, maybe you sort of start in, like, a tavern area. Maybe you even start by rolling a character of sorts, like, a set of stats that determine sort of starting bonuses. Mm-hmm. And then what if you had two sheets that you were playing simultaneously like that, but the goal was to get both characters to, like, a portal that would reunite them. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of them, like, you could have a fantasy one and a sci-fi one, or, you know, like... Okay. you, You could have them sort of... You could bring the multiverse theme in that way. Yeah. And, of course, like, um roll and write dice don't need to have numbers they can have like symbols or things that or like you need to roll a certain number in order to do a thing um there's a there's a game that was new a few weeks ago called paper dungeons that has this um you know it is like a roll and write adventuring game and you have a sort of party uh and yeah it, it, it has that sort of um it's it's kind of like a roll and draft and then write type mechanic okay that sounds pretty interesting and like i feel like there's something there like it could be sort of complex enough to be interesting but simple enough that it wouldn't absolutely wreck your head to play two simultaneously yeah so this is a a solitaire game this is a solo game Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Okay. So, given that we've come up with that idea, I I feel like... Would it possibly be a little bit too in-depth and slightly boring for us to really, like, dig into what would be on the sheets and stuff? Ultimately, it's our podcast. If you think it'd be fun to do, like, let's do it. Um, I don't know, because Roland writes... Like when they when they work well, they have a certain amount of like design that goes into 
making the different things interplay with each other and balance in a way that kind of gives you options as to your strategy, right? Yeah, I agree. I uh, tried to make one in early lockdown and found that it was way more difficult to make it interesting than you might think Um, and make it not feel arbitrary. So the premise though is simply you have two like parallel sheets you always roll two dice and you kind of decide which die gets applied to which sheet and I quite like that like that almost brings a certain amount of that like balance complexity by by itself yeah you wouldn't have to like you've you've got something to start off with there like you've got an initial hook of Mm -hmm. complexity I don't know if it's the right time to think about this but I feel like this would be because I was talking about time travel before like I don't think that's what this has ended up being it's ended up being more like maybe a parallel universe thing but you could do it where like you know instead of doing one of them's fantasy and one of them's sci-fi you could do like they're in different time periods or or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah Alistair is actually playing um, a game at the moment where it's called 2D and Top D. Oh, um, I have seen an advert for this and I think it looks amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's a video game where you have two characters and they live in essentially sort of separate universes, but they are also on the same video game screen and you switch between perspectives. So obviously 2D lives in this like 2D platformer um world where you know they they like it's a very much a 2d perspective and they jump on things and like fall fall down and then top d it's like a sort of isometric 3d puzzler um and the perspective is different and the objects obviously work in different ways because of that um but they both need to like to sort of complete the level you need to get them both to the final portal um, yeah, so I totally see something like, not not with anything like that level of sort of complexity, but something like that. Like, it could even be that both sheets are like the same place, but one of you's corporeal and one of you's a ghost. You're a person who's been separate, you're a possum who's been separated into a possum zombie and a possum ghost, and you have to reunite the two Aww. parts of your essential self. <laughs> so, like... Hmm. How would we how would we thematicize that? I love that. Like, because the the ghost person can can move through objects, so maybe like the walls in the map don't affect them. Um, you know how that would really work with the theming. Actually, is if you if the active sheet, if you will, like the sheet where you're actively making choices, was the ghost, and then the passive sheet, the sheet that gets the choice you don't make, is the body. Okay. Does that make sense? So, like... So the active sheet, you you can sort of decide where you're moving to some extent, and the passive sheet, like, gets stuck more easily. Yeah, because it's sort of shambling around without an animating spirit. <laughs> That's really cool. Damn, now I want to make this. I don't normally want to make our games. <laughs> I want to make our games all the time, especially if they seem like they'd be really difficult. <laughs> or just hugely impractical. Oh man, I I didn't even mention that um, 
or maybe I did, I like met up with somebody on Friday who's like an uh, an ex person who worked at the cafe, and she and her boyfriend actually did kickstart an amazing looking game. Oh, <laughs> anyway, big ups to them. I know. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're you're a possum, yes. and uh, something has happened such that your your soul and your body have become detached. Yeah. Uh, from one another. And using a roll and write mechanic where you have two sheets and you roll two dice every time, you have to navigate a series of challenges mm-hmm. uh, and sort of get both your body and your spirit to a set location or something uh, yeah. in order to reunite them. What say, so the win condition would be like both characters making it to the the goal location. What's the lose condition? Do we have a clock on this? Are there hit points? Um, like, maybe, yeah, maybe you like, I mean, this is like uh, a, a weak source example, but maybe every time you roll a one, you you have to mark, you know, a little skull and you get a certain number of those or something. Okay, yeah. Hmm. That would be that would be like the simplest and maybe the most basic way to do it. Yeah. So I'm imagining like a little um map that has yeah. um like, you know, has a has a sort of like maze uh, mechanic. Maybe it has some solid walls and maybe some obstacles that you can like achieve power-ups to get over. So like, mm. you know, like a stream or whatever, but if you've got the boat you're not bothered by them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely seeing like almost two versions of the same physical space, but maybe, you know, like an, something that would be an obstacle for the body would be a different obstacle for the, the ghost. And then perhaps you also, there are also like threats or monsters or something that, um, that you need to face and you could have stats or maybe like um you know maybe items or something that will give you the chance to overcome that yeah yeah so hmm. this is going to be hard to do one now that we can't sort of do like worked examples or anything i do sometimes wish i mean this would be like a huge amount of work but i do sometimes wish that we ended up making this into like a video podcast where you know maybe one of us was just like drawing and brainstorming while we talked yeah and we just took a screen capture of that maybe we'll do that for the next one we could at least give it a go yeah we can give it a Um, shot um because yeah now we want to sort of get into like worked example territory or or sort of turning this from an idea into something a bit more tangible and it's it's going to be quite tricky to do yeah especially having separated having having this example where like obstacles are different for the two different sheets yeah i think they could be in like the same locations they i think they could just be themed differently if you see what i mean like i don't think it needs to I don't think we need to do anything insanely complicated. I just meant that, like, while the maybe it's they both have to deal with the running water, but they have to deal with it in a different way. Like it's yeah, you know, 
the body needs a boat and the ghost needs something like a power-up that means they can cross running water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that is cool. Um, hmm. Okay, yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, if we had... If we did have enemies, then enemies would do damage in the same way for both sheets? Yeah, that that makes sense, I think. I like the idea of having, yeah, like, enemies... I think that would be an interesting thing to add in terms of, you know, hit points and stuff. And can I ask, when you mentioned, like, your the active sheet is the ghost and the, the passive sheet is the zombie, do you have the ability to switch between the two so that you, you like, take over the one that was the zombie and... Or... Yeah, I think it, that was... The idea of switching between the two was something that I when we first sort of when this idea was first floated that was what most excited me so i think it would be silly to drop it but maybe there's only certain contexts in which you can do it or something because obviously if you're doing it every turn then you're not really you know yeah i don't know it, it sort of takes something away yeah it definitely takes something away yeah it would either be the case that you just you like you know you like start with three crystals and you use and you spend them every time you do it or perhaps you need to get both characters to a certain like flip portal location in order to activate that or maybe just if they're in the same location you can do it okay yeah presumably sometimes the body will be stuck while the ghost is moving yeah so you could like deliberately try and move whatever your active sheet is you could try and get to your passive sheet to try and like unpick it from somewhere where it's got stuck or something. Yeah. Yeah. The Yeah, I suppose like with with movement for the zombie um it would and if if you have walls like if you roll a number and the zombie kind of is moving south and then hits a dead end there on the next turn, if you roll, if you roll a, a number, it can then move right if it can if it can do so. Does that make sense? I like, think so. You know, the, there's like a corner. Then it can't move around corners on the same turn, but it can. Right. Like, yeah. 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 So it, it kind of has like one direction per turn. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, like, I mean, so my initial imagination of this was maybe a bit too simple in terms of what it looked like, because I was kind of seeing almost like, like a Candyland style map almost, where it's quite linear and you just have to sort of overcome things on your way around a sort of set track. I can't think what a non-US example would be, I can only think of Candyland, but do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what Candyland is, but I, I think I get what you're saying. So kind of like, imagine a game aimed at little children where it's kind of just a single track and you roll and move. Okay, yeah. Um, whereas I think it would be more interesting to have something with like some different kinds of movement and things like that. Yeah. 
certainly if you have like a, a small amount of of like um you know like maze style obstructions then the, the fact that our ghost can move through obstacles becomes more yeah really relevant, relevant and would make it easy to like uh yeah unpick the the um the body from where it's got stuck if you needed to get it so i think then it would make sense for there to also be some types of obstacle that the ghost can't easily bypass yeah uh you know have some sort of physical walls and some like spirit world walls or whatever so that yeah. there's always a little bit of um a bit of interest between what's happening on the active sheet and the passive sheet at any time we could almost have um physical walls are not an obstacle to the ghost but running water is yeah and vice versa yeah like a zombie can just shamble on through or whatever yeah but the ghost can't um yeah i totally or you know it could be anything could be a line of salt or something yeah but that kind of idea like there's something that is sort of spiritually impenetrable as well as things that are physically impenetrable and then but the physical walls would be more common yeah because you want yeah I was going to say, I'm sort of imagining this as basically like a print and play. Like, it's Me too. a print, print and play roll and write. So, um, we've made a print and play before, which was one of my favourite episodes when we did uh, Caps. Yeah, so cool. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I. I mean. Yeah, I'm seeing something with like a bit of a maze like element to it. My. I, this is, I guess, more of a raccoon than a possum idea, but I was sort of imagining, you know, like a sort of, um, like a crazy trash heap. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, it could be something way more interesting and imaginative than that. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Possums are also like have a bit of a reputation for being trash monsters right or or rather yeah, opossums I, do, I but so. just less so than raccoons i was listening to a very good ologies episode about raccoons recently oh nice i love raccoons i mean i i love most i'm a mammal fan very pro mammal <laughs> that mammal agenda yeah I, I definitely push the mammal agenda and i'm not ashamed to admit it <laughs> Uh, other, uh, phyla, phyla, yeah, <laughs> other phyla do not interact. Um, all right, so we're about halfway through our time. So, one of the things that we do is sort of try and imagine a turn, sort of do a bit of imagination to think about how a turn would go and identify possible problems. Mm-hmm. So, do you, do you want to give that a go? Yeah, sure. Should we name our possums? Oh, no, they're the same possum, but they're just... Yeah, they are the same possum. One of them is Possum, and one of them is, is Gossum. Oh, Gossum is good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, when we our sheet has Gossum, the the ethereal ghost possum 
and we have a uh, sheet that we have to our right that c contains Possum. Possum. Okay, so yeah, so the active sheet, we're currently playing on the active sheet, and that is the ghost, and mm -hmm. then the, the zombie is on the other sheet. So we can see both of them, but we... Or do we make it a little bit trickier and say that the passive sheet is upside down and then you flip it and apply the die and then flip it back so that you can't refer to it when you're making your choices at least? Yeah, I like that. I think that works. Like, um, obviously, you know, if you want to commit an amazing feat of memory, then knock yourself out. But you can't check back on the sheet when you're making your decision about which die to keep. Yeah. So your so Possum is currently face down, mm -hmm. uh, and Gossam is face up. Yeah. So we uh, roll two dice, and are we rolling d6s? I was imagining d6s. I don't know if they've got numbers or symbols or, or what. Yeah, that's a good question. Do we maybe want to have, like, some numbers or, like, or, you know, it could have be that, like, two sides have, like, little paw prints on and one of them has two paw prints, one of them has three paw prints, and that represents moving two or three spaces. Mm. And uh, then the I, do... I like that on one level, and then on another level, if you roll movement when you don't need movement, I could see that being... Yeah. But then you'd always be able to choose... Well, you'd hopefully be able to choose... A dice. I was thinking maybe a dice with one to five and then the sixth side having, you know, a like a fail symbol mm -hmm. to sort of keep up with the idea that we were talking about before of like how do you create some tension or the possibility that something could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then we'd have to balance it because obviously, you know, you've got a one in six chance. Although you can always, I guess, choose not to fail on the active sheet and yeah. fail on the the passive sheet instead. I, I'm guessing both sheets have, like, a certain number of lives. Yeah, but what if one of them had more than the other? Okay. So... Like the, like the zombie's more robust than the ghost kind of thing. Sure. So you could actually sort of pay off some of your fails into Possum, but you'd have to be careful about not overdoing it. Although it, we said that you can switch between sheets, so would that mean that your lives switch around as well? I think, I think the lives would be consistent between the sheets, so you'd mark it on the sheet where you chose to apply that dice, that die. Does that right, make sense? But if the but if you can switch between sheets, then what? Then the zombie becomes the ghost, right? So which one, if there's one that starts with more lives, how does that track? Do you see what I mean? So I'm thinking of like death saving rolls in D&D, &D, where you get a certain number, right? Um, uh -huh. But your actual total is the sum total of all of them on both sheets, but you can't let either part f completely fail. So if you have one save left on both sheets then you haven't died does that so it does i'm just if you're i thought that you were saying that one of them has a higher maximum than the other yeah so here's uh, 
Right, let me say my idea out loud to myself and realise where I've done something stupid because I think you've probably seen something that I haven't, so here I go. So let's imagine that Gossam, the ghost, has three skulls that you have to cross out and if you cross all three out, then Gossam fails. Mm-hmm. And Possum has six. Mm-hmm. So every time you are Gossam and you roll a skull, you can either choose to suck it up and take it on your sheet, losing one of your three, or you can switch it off to Possum and cross off one of their six. Okay. Then when you swap, so when you change from being in control of one sheet to being in control of the other, the crossed off skulls remain the same. So if Possum's got five left and Gossum's got two left, that stays the same, mm-hmm. but you're in control of Possum. Okay, sorry. I I had understood that when you swap sheets, that it swaps. Like the that you become that you the sheet you are in, in control of is always gossam. Ah, uh, no. I I meant that you could swap to being in control of the other. Like you could completely swap, but only by bringing both parts to the same space. Right. Okay. So we had different understandings of that because I, I I thought that the like thematic reason why you start off in control of Gossam is because of like the other sheet being the quote-unquote zombie right like yeah the you it it having limited you don't have the control yeah that, that was what I was thinking but I thought like in terms of sort of the gameplay, I thought that being able to switch occasionally would be pretty good for being able to like unstick the, you know, where your passive sheets got stuck somewhere, for example, you might need to take active control of it and switch that from the passive sheet to the active. And then the ghost becomes the passive. I mean, I, I agree, but I think that changing the roles makes that easier. Like so if your zombies to me got your stuck, idea. Like if your zombies got stuck, then there's not necessarily. Uh, I suppose it depends on how we're like resolving the different obstacles. Like the zombies stuck because it's at a wall, but if it becomes, if if you swap, then all you've gained is the ability to, like look at look at the sheet and control it more finely you haven't gained the ability to like pass through the wall or anything right whereas if yeah it... yeah you you can't do the stuff like when you when the way i was imagining it is that when the zombie is the active sheet it can still only do the zombie stuff it's just that you're actively making decisions for that sheet now and it's face up instead of face down okay so yeah so it's, yeah, like thematically it's maybe not as strong, but I thought in terms of let certainly letting you play on both sheets is probably more interesting as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it seems like we have a fundamental disagreement here. I just think it, it, it makes more sense and is more fun for the, the active sheet to always be the, the ghost sheet. Like that, that actually gives you the the ability to do a new thing as opposed to like, you could just 
Otherwise, you could just stay with the sheet that was previously the ghost sheet and then just roll until you're able to do something with the zombie sheet, which would be the same as what you were doing if you swapped. Do you see what I mean? I feel like I'm really not following. Right. Okay, never mind. (laughs) No, this is definitely happening... Yeah, this is definitely something that's just happening in the communication between us. But I don't know exactly how to... Do you want me to try and give you an example? Yeah, yeah, so talk me through it. And I'm just going to completely close my eyes and just Mm -hmm. think really hard. Like, so you're talking about an example where your zombie sheet might have got stuck. Like, um, it can't pass an obstacle for whatever reason. The most simple example being it is stuck at a wall and can't, like, get past that wall. So you you have, in you, the way you're thinking about it, you have two options. You can swap sheets and thereby take sort of more active control of your zombie in the sense that you can, you can see that sheet and make decisions for it slightly more actively. But to a certain extent, you, you are just still rolling a die and then trying to move it in a direction. Yes. But you could still do that if you just kept it as the passive sheet. You would just roll a die and you would know that you needed to move it and you would give it a number and you would be like, okay, and it moves in the direction that it needs to go to get unstuck. Do you see what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, so- God. So you're still rolling two die and deciding that the ghost does one thing and the body does the other. Yes. But the body sheet is always the passive sheet. It's always face down. Mm. No, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know in which, which scenario we're talking about now. I'm trying to understand the one that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about the one where the you can swap between the sheets, but the body sheet is always the passive sheet so that then swapping between the sheets gives you the ability to do something different on the sheet that was stuck as opposed to it still has the same abilities but you you just have slightly more visibility of it the body is intangible and the ghost can't go through walls kind of thing like the body gains the abilities of the ghost I mean, that's not really how I was seeing it. I was just seeing it as the active sheet is always the ghost. Okay. But, do you see what I mean? But, so you, when you swap, then the body, the, the sheet that was the body is now the ghost. Yeah, like I was imagining that, you, that the, the two just kind of like pass into one another's realities, I guess. Okay, so you still have to get them both to the same place. Mm-hmm. But then... Yeah, you swap them over. Okay. Yeah, I guess, like, the thing that was getting me stuck was I just didn't really see what swapping sheets did for you if you don't actually gain any new abilities by doing so. uh, Yeah, I was thinking more just in terms of, like, because the the passive sheet always gets the cast-off choice, right? Like, the active sheet gets the active choice. And then the passive sheet gets whatever the active choice wasn't. So swapping sort of, sheets... yes. But you could deliberately choose to just get choose, choose a, a slightly less good thing for your active sheet so that the passive sheet gets the better one. Yeah. 
Although part of the reason for having the passive sheep face down was to kind of try and make that harder, right? Like, to... Yeah. I mean, we 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 need to make a decision on what actually happens. That that's the that's the bottom line of this. We wasted a lot of time getting confused. Okay, I'm sorry about getting confused. No, it's it's me. I like I was. We were both equally lost. I just. Um, it... I feel like. I feel like I like the idea of being able to, be, both the body and the ghost at different points in the game but thematically it is more interesting if the body is like completely autonomic like autonomic is that what i mean like it doesn't have yeah uh you know like the the body's kind of directionless but you do want to be able to like unstick because the thing is actually if you get them both to the same place and then the one that was the body becomes the ghost, then you're in exactly the same situation, right? Because they're both in the same location, so the body is still stuck. Uh, I guess you're right, yes. So it would make sense to swap the control over. Unless you would, we were just talking about some different means of swapping. I mean, I, I guess you're right, I just... Um... I can't even remember what I was going to say. Okay, let's say it's your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got so tangled up. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, it's my fault. I... It's, I think that, I mean, I think there's something there that probably just needs more, like, wrangling out. Like, if this is something we were making, like, together, we'd probably just have, like, a long Zoom call where we did a load of different thoughts about it and try and figure it out, like, what feels most fun as it yeah. is we've kind of got 15 minutes left on the timer oops sorry. Um, no it's it's all good and don't forget you know we lost a little bit of time to technical difficulties and stuff so i think we could reasonably go over but um so mm. we want to think about winning and losing we think losing is if either of your sheets loses all its lives yep uh, and you can like choose to distribute your lives across the sheets, uh, but yeah, uh-huh. there's a there's a certain number of skulls that you can roll that will just end the game. So can I need... ask whether yes. the skulls only come from rolling the die bad, or are, do we have enemies or like things that hurt you? I do like the idea of enemies and things that hurt you, but I wonder if they just like stop your progress and in so doing increase your chance of rolling. A skull? Okay, yeah. Um, that makes sense. We could even have it to make the odds of rolling a skull even less. Maybe w- only one of the die has a skull on it. Uh, okay. So you roll two, but one of them has, I don't know, like one to five and either another number or something else. Maybe it's got two threes or something. And then the mm-hmm. other one has a skull. Because obviously, you know, you don't want one in six rolls to... It would it would be a real momentum killer. Yeah. So, you know, balancing that that way, perhaps. But you uh-huh. always choose where to distribute the fail. Um, and if the uh, dice have one to five, what are some other things that are achieved by rolling numbers that aren't just movement? Like... So, 
uh, dealing damage to enemies is the uh, the one that I immediately would think of. Uh -huh. So maybe enemies have hit points and, you know, like an enemy with seven hit points, you could, it would take at least two rolls to beat it. And do you need to own a weapon before you can do that? Like, is, is there any... Is there anything, like, at the top or along the side of the sheet? Is there anything that's not the map? Yeah, you know, I think... where you, like, cross off boxes and make progress towards gaining a power-up or something? I think that would be a good thing to have. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good thing to, to do. And, I mean, I, it would also be something that would be kind of interesting to think about how it could be different on the corporeal and non-corporeal elements mm -hmm. as well. Like, um... You know, I guess the ghost is going to be fighting ghostly enemies, but in the same way, the the body's going to be fighting corporeal enemies. So maybe the body can, like, pick up a stick, but the ghost has to, like, power up in some way and become more tangible. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, maybe there's something you could put some points into that then adds, like, a plus two bonus to your attack rolls or something. Mm -hmm. Um... In terms of winning, we talked about sort of, like, getting both pieces to, like, I don't know, a witch's cottage or something where you can uh, stick together. It seems to me that it's always going to be... The sheet that spends the most time as the active sheet is probably going to get there quite quickly. And then you're going to want to start sort of working on uh, getting the the other part the passive sheet there so we need to think about like maybe once one part of the two sheets gets there is it sort of does it just kind of sit there is it done and you can switch to the other sheet i don't know does that make sense yeah because obviously it would be it seems like it would sort of be impossible in a not fun way to try and get both of them there at the same time using random di dice rolls yeah i agree with that and that's another reason why i'm not sure about the because the zombie is always going to be moving sort of slower right yeah like no whether it's the active or passive sheet it it's just more restricted in its movement yeah, I think you could probably do some things to balance that, but I think it's true. So maybe it's not about getting both parts to the same location to finish it. Maybe there's like three spirit world objects and three real world objects that you have to collect or something. And once you've got all six of those, then you can reunite the, the, the two parts, even if they're not in the same location. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it feels like it would probably suffer the same kind of, uh, like, you know, one, one lagging behind the other. I'm fine with it being they have to get to the same place. It could also be they need to pick up things. The or... reason why I thought picking up things might be more interesting than getting to the same place is more like that once you get to, once you get the active sheet to one location then you're still going to have to carry on rolling two dice and choosing, but then do you just choose not to move it or, or what? Because that just kind of... That, that seems not as good as maybe still having to move it and accidentally bumping into an enemy that you'd managed to avoid so far or something. Okay. Yeah. 
agree. I guess the thing, yeah. I, hmm. <laughs> Maybe you just both have to like visit the witch's cottage or something. I don't know. It seems yeah. like there should be something that both sheets have to do. And I do kind of just like the idea of ticking off, like, okay, got the bell, the book, and the candle, and or yeah. whatever. I mean, I think that that works, I guess. Like, you, I agree that the, like, person who completes their objective first, or, the, you know, the sheet that completes their objective first is going to be stuck being a bit less useful for a while, but I don't know that I... 100% see a way around it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily... You don't necessarily have to worry about being useful, perhaps, if you can find a way to switch to the other sheet and make the other sheet active once you've got all three. So, like, one strategy for playing it might be to collect all three of the parts as the ghost and then get to wherever the body is and then try and collect all three of the parts as the body and then you've done it. Mm -hmm. Or you could hope that, you know, your passive moves get you some of the parts. Yeah. Where are we at with time? Uh, we've got about ten minutes left. Okay. So we probably want to think a little bit about maybe a name or a visual identity. We've both said that we see this as like a print and play. Yeah. And I was definitely imagining something with kind of just a black and white illustrated look to it um uh yeah and our little possum people yeah the possum zombie would definitely be kind of gross and then the possum ghost would be super cute <laughs> yeah and maybe there'd be the possum witch in the possum witch cottage yeah i like that maybe even the enemies are like you know other mammals that are kind of monsterfied no there's like an otter from the Black Lagoon and so on. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So it would we'd, we'd, we would kind of have like a grid, um, like a grid map type thing. Yeah, um, with, with walls and maybe like, yeah, with walls and streams and... And maybe, maybe it's a forest like... Yeah, I was imagining something quite foresty. Uh, kind of like a a sort of um, like a Legend of Zelda, you know, like a top-down Legend of Zelda will always have a forest sort of area, yeah, where where there's like sort of tunnels that go through hollow logs and trees blocking the way and stuff, something mm. a bit like that, yeah. And maybe like the objects you need to collect are behind enemies. Okay, yeah. So that you have to defeat the enemy to pick up the thing. But then round the edge, you've also got, you know, like power boosts that you could spend dice rolls to to gain. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe like you can put your, instead of using your five roll to do movement or whatever, you can put it into, spend it towards a power up. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you spend three fives, then you gain a, an ability. Uh, mm -hmm. th those abilities could be dice related they could be like a re-roll ability or a flip a flip dice we could take some ideas from dicey dungeons yeah 
Um, um, yeah. Because that could be quite good. Like, especially in terms of, say, you're controlling the ghost and you've gained uh, a dice flip ability and you roll to die and you get something that you know will be bad for Possum. You could do a dice flip on that to mm-hmm. try and help. Yeah. How do enemies deal damage? I feel that like we haven't quite... No, they hold you up and increase your chance of losing a life. That's right. Yeah. Like, you have to kind of stay there and fight them and increase your chances of losing a life. So we'll also have, like, life trackers on each sheet. And those... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think balancing, like, the right number of those to have is pretty important. Like, that's something that if we were making it, we'd have to give a lot of thought to. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the so the goal is to kind of, like, each sheet collect three parts. You can swap by bringing both characters to the same location and swap between one sheet being active and one sheet being passive. And then, yeah, maybe you just have to get one of you to the witch's cottage at the end. Or maybe the witch's cottage is where something is or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of there being a witch. Or what can yeah. I say? Witches are good. And then, What's our game name? I mean, Possum and Goss- Gossum isn't bad. <laughs> Gossum and Possum. <laughs> Gossum and Possum. <laughs> um, um, or just, I, yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of like a one word name that somehow Possibility refers... <laughs> uh, Yeah, I do like possibility um, Or Yeah uh, I was thinking about like kind of not having a possum pun in there which is obviously a huge missed opportunity but just something about you know, having the body and the soul kind of separate, like, mm-hmm. but I don't know what you could call it that wouldn't be sort of inappropriately serious. You couldn't really call it, like, severed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, um, like, this, yeah, like something like, I don't know, the spirit woods or something, like if you're, if you're leaning into, like, magical woods setting, but um, yeah, I, I don't. I think I like Gossam and Possum, and I wanted to say that I really like Gossam, which is obviously like a portmanteau of Ghost and Possum, but because also it's kind of you know Gossamer, like it's oh yeah thin and uh, and sort of veil like. Mm-hmm. Gossam and Possum. <laughs> Gossam is actually the name of the the uh, goblin artificer in my D and D campaign, and it always made me think of the like shrew guys from Redwall, mm. the G O S E M B or something. Okay, it was like wait no, it was like they were like a guerrilla organization of shrews something something Mossflower, and they had like an acronym name, and it was really really silly. Uh, but yes. Uh, anyway, so our game. Uh, before we we run out of time, our game is Gossam and Possum. Are you still with me? I'm still with you. 
Um, and uh, it is a uh, sort of adventure roll and write uh, themed around uh, a possum adventurer who has accidentally had his body uh, split from his spirit. Um, and you must control uh, both uh, parts in two separate realms by rolling dice and assigning one uh, result to an active sheet and one result to a passive sheet that is face down. Um, and the two uh, like different parts have uh, different uh, abilities and different obstacles uh, that will trip them up. And uh, the aim is to collect items and arrive at the witch's cottage to be reunited. Yes. And I think that pretty much covers all of it. It's got a sort of um, black and white, I'm sort of imagining kind of like a 1970s book illustration style, you know, like sort of weird old drawings of The Hobbit and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some great examples. I think I feel like good places to look for examples of what I'm thinking of is to look at sort of 1970s book illustration in black and white. And also the kind of book illustration that uh, from the 1970s onwards was coming out of Eastern Europe, um, uh, sort of Eastern and Northern Europe. Like there's some wonderfully sort of like weird book illustration and design work that uh, that has this kind of, um, it's got this kind of weight to it that's, and it's a little bit, sort of dark and creepy mm -hmm. but almost like you know how obviously like now the moomins that we think of now are really informed by um uh like the the anime and the sort of animated mm -hmm. movies and things that came out but actually when you look at Turvi Jansson's illustrations especially the earlier ones they're quite heavy and they're the Moomins are a lot less sort of round and cute and they're more sort of a bit more skinny and haunted looking. Yeah. <laughs> Things with that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And our maze would have, I guess, sort of the look of like a Zelda, like, you know, your, your little like repeated tree sprites and stuff. Yeah, kind of tiled and, um, yeah, simple, some hopefully some kind of characterful enemy design as well fun yeah okay well that is exactly an hour <laughs> this has been kind of a chaotic episode i feel like we didn't really know what we were doing and it took us quite a long time to get where we were going and then we spent quite a lot of time being confused <laughs> oh dear uh so but i still feel like what we came up with was really fun and interesting and I'm glad that we pushed ourselves actually to do something even though both of us I think initially were like oh this is going to be complicated uh yeah. you know like the initial ideas that we came up with I think both of us were like oh no this probably is too silly to get into but I'm glad that we pushed through and tried to stick with it instead of uh chickening out and and restarting yeah um they can yeah. all you know, they're not always going to flow as easily as as some episodes. Like, sometimes you have to try for something a bit more challenging and interesting. 
Yeah, agreed. I think you brought a lot of like nice creativity to to this. Um and uh you brought the... a lot of good thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But this was really really cool. Um and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what we come up with next. I honestly would be sort of interested. I I might try and do a little like doodle of what a maze might look like and and think about how it might work. If I get a spare half hour, because I think it's a fun idea. Yeah, if you want, um, like, I'm not going to fully commit to it, but maybe we could, you know, backburner it and maybe produce a bit more visuals and stuff. Maybe it's a long-term project for the itch rather than a short-term one like Caps was. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening. Yeah, we... Uh, we are always, I always check out our listener numbers and maybe they're not super high, but I always love to think of people listening to us doing this and yeah, I hope that you got some enjoyment out of it. Like, it's a fun thing for us to do. I'd be doing it even if zero people listened. I think that might be roughly how many people are listening. Well, so, you know. It's been, um, it's, I just love having something that brings a bit of like forced creativity and imagination into my life to be honest it's so much fun I've definitely yeah realized that to some extent like cool ideas are 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 ten a penny and and doing something with them is often a lot harder but the ideas themselves are are like 90% of the fun of the project so yeah no one wants why do the work you can just have the idea yeah (laughs) and this way we get to you know, we we still produce something with the idea. It's just a podcast. Yeah. When we first started doing this, Andy was kind of like, how are you going to stop people stealing your ideas? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Probably no one's listening and it doesn't really matter. But I also just thought, like, if someone wants to make one of these, I kind of wouldn't be mad. Like, Yeah, please, be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Steal our IP. We welcome it. Knock yourselves out. I feel like, you know... It's just good to force yourself to to exercise your creative muscles a little bit. Like, I'm definitely not as creative as I used to be or as creative as I want to be. Like, adult life just doesn't really allow for it. Pardon me, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe, Maybe we should out. stop, <laughs> you know, getting all philosophical and, and uh, say goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Kaka! Kaka!